Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will get up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story, right? Um, but anyways, uh, this podcast is always sponsored by the Pass to Assist pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball. Why? Because they like basketball and it's there for all your basketballing needs. Uh, today's episode, we have a, um, a comic book uh, maker. Um, he... Um, I met him a few years ago, and um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, it'd be nice to find out how he actually got into comic books and just hear his story. So as I'm a wrestling fan, uh, here we go. Without further ado, what, please welcome to the show, Tom Carter. <laughs> so yeah, Tom, welcome to the show, mate. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. That's all right, man. Like, you have a very interesting life. Like, who can really say, you know, put, like, you know, under their, uh, you know, like, job title, comic book creator, and, you know, just... <laughs> some, <laughs> it's just like, you know, I think it's really badass to hear that. Like, if I, you know, I know you, so I'm just saying, like, you know what, I know that guy, so I'm quite happy to know him because he's a comic book creator, you know? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I didn't really think myself a comic book creator for, for the last few years, but, again, the comic book I've been working on called Guardian... Um, superhero science fiction comic set in United Kingdom round about round about where I grew up within central London and parts of Surrey and um, it was only only was this year I finally thought to myself um, I was an actual comic book creator because I went to my first ever convention mm. I sat down behind the table yeah. rather than in front of the table and I was like oh my god I, I've actually did it <laughs> I've actually achieved my dream in in the sense of being here and doing it and being a part of of the creative circle rather than being on the outside of the creative it was such a cool experience yeah no it sounds it man like you know uh, i always end up just you know uh, you know going to the you know i've been to a couple of comic cons and uh you know when just someone just like starts talking to you about their comic book and you end up oh you know i just have to kind of buy this now i end up speaking to a guy about a book called the moon so uh <laughs> i I know that guy. Yep. I've brought his issues. Really nice chap. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he he had some like you know very good like you know talking ability. So so he sold us on the comic book about the moon. I haven't followed it. I'll probably for another that. But it's just you know badass the thing you know like yeah again another guy with his name saying comic book creator. <laughs> yeah. It yeah it's just weird getting to that point because um, I think I've had my idea for my comic book since. Um, since I first met you, I've, so it been it been a long time in the working, and it's mm. only two years ago I finally got it out. But then um, this year I went to my first comic convention. This is just for anyone listening. This is all before COVID nineteen really kicked in, and we all went in the lockdown first mm. time round. Um, it was back in February, um, back at the end of February. At the beginning of March, I went to London Film and Comic Con up in London. It was their spring one, and there was a few people I've met there um, networking before, and I've asked them, is this convention any good? Because it is run by one of the big two. For those who don't know who the big two are within the UK comic convention, the biggest one, I would argue, is MCM Comic Con. Yeah. And then the second, I would argue, is um, London Film and Comic Con. Mm. Um, those are arguably the big two. And the one I was going to was the um, London Comic Con um, Spring. That was the t- title of it. Bit of a mouthful, but hey. Um, they they said, yeah, go. It's it's not as busy as the summer or winter ones, but it's a good footing to get into if you want to test the waters with it. And I'm like, okay, let's go for it. Let's do this. And I did. And... Um, I did something which I spoke to a lot of people I spoke to saying a lot of people first time don't make a profit and I made I'm not going to say how much I made but I made a profit yeah, that's bad first time round yeah. that's unheard of yeah very very rare someone makes a profit first time round so I was like pat myself on the back I went awesome <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible because um, we we met uh, officially on the the world's nerdiest stag do as uh, it was called by Gareth's brother. Um, yeah, <laughs> what a uh, what a stag that do was that back, was. That was back in tw- 
2011? It was a long time ago because of uh, yeah. you know, before our, our good mate Gareth moved to America. But you yeah. met him like going to, I think it was the Summer of Sonic convention? Yeah, we met, we knew each other, I think we knew each other for about roughly a year before Summer of Sonic 08. Because mm-hmm. he set up his um, website slash group called Find the Computer Room. Yep. And back then, they actually did have an actual website. I know Gareth always joked about he's saying that, oh, we never had a website. No, you did have a website. It wasn't up for long, but you had a website, and Michael <laughs> made it for you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and um, we met at some summer, summer of Sonic 08. It was at Dragon's Hall, I want to say it was. And um, ever since then, we became friends, and um, um, we met up at Summer Sonic and at Social Gathering, Oddly enough, revolved around Sonic the Hedgehog, and then also met up outside out, outside of nerdy relation things as well. Hmm. Hmm. Like, um, <laughs> like that stag dude was just insane. It just cracked me up so much. Like you know, just some of the things that happened because it was just basically <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell, like in the nicest way possible, a bunch of nerds going to um, like. Um, Wales to Wales, yeah, and just going on the nightlife in Wales. And one of the funniest things is when, uh, so yeah, poor um, Sven Jocelyn, um, he got a lot of stick from Gareth on that on that stag day. I remember, like, I'm sitting there talking to some of the lads from Brentwood who were like, so I think it was like Gareth's brother and like, um, um, oh, who was there? We had Michael Cunliffe Jones, but I think he might have been with the Sonic crew, and then Rich, um, who who was there as well. Um, but I remember. Uh, <laughs> Just, just like on your table, every time that poor Sven uh, said something, all you heard from Gareth was "Shut up, Sven!" Like, yes. <laughs> it would just be like, and then me, me and like, uh, like Rich would look at each other like, "What has he actually done? He hasn't even said anything." <laughs> like, um, well, from what I remember, Gareth and Sven always had polarizing opinion when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog matters, and. Um, they disagreed on a lot of stuff, but yeah, again, they they laugh about it. That, that was the thing, um, and it became to a recurring joke. I think he told him to shut up once, and I think he took quite offence to it. And then he just keep doing it to him on purpose, <laughs> just to wind him up. For what I remember, and eventually he was like, oh, "Okay, I get the joke now." And then he basically just get to the point. He just kept pushing and pushing and pushing him because he wanted a reaction again. And I think towards the end of the stag, I think he did get a reaction, but. Oh my god, it, it was funny. Yeah. I remember it's just some of the stupid stuff we got up to as well. I remember like some of the games, like for instance, um, there was one instance when we had a bag full of green army men. Yep, and um, we had to pull one out. Luckily, I my stance was literally just standing up, holding holding my arms behind my back, and I was like, okay, that's not too bad. But we we made a. I remember Michael told me, and I think his brother told me. Um, as well, Gareth's brothers told me, um, um, they took out all the army people um, that crawled on the floor, but I don't know how they did this, still this day I can't work out how they did it, they managed to get one of one of them in the bag and made sure Gareth got that one. <laughs> and, I remember, and I remember Michael Heckle Michael was the um, best man, he had a whistle, every time he blew that whistle, no matter where we were, we had to perform that, that position. Yep. That was very and cool. I remember there was a great moment because I remember um, Gareth's brother Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, brought he he basically got lucky and pulled a um, pulled a bird and basically was bringing back to his um, hotel room <laughs> to have sex with her. And she was very very drunk and basically said, "Oh, I could be your." F-. It was it was it it was me, Gareth, Michael, and Adam in the hallway. And I think we were we me and Michael were going out to go down to corn shop and buy some extra booze and come back. Yep. Because I remember we were all in one... I can't remember who room we were in. I think it might be Benji's or Fens. And we were listening to Radio, um, Radio Sega mm-hmm. on it. I think I think it was like after finishing off almost like a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of vodka between like the seven of us or something like that. Yeah. And we we went, oh no, we're going to keep drinking. Let's go out and get some more alcohol. We were coming back. Um, Adam was outside there. Gav was outside as well for whatever reason. I can't remember why. I think he wanted to speak to his brother about something. And um, she was there, and she basically this typical Wales drunken girl, someone that looked like belongs on Geordie Shaw's type of type of woman. And she said, <laughs> "I could be your future future sister-in-law." And then the girl's like, "No, no, thanks," and everything like that. And basically, just <laughs> taking the utter piss out of her. 
and she said she, clearly this woman was extremely intoxicated and knew that we were on a stag and she was very lovey-dovey all romantic up and basically Michael had the whistle and he just went fuck and just blew it and I remember Adam's position it was literally he has to get down on one knee and then basically hold his hand out like this like a gun <laughs> and um he did it right in front of the girl and the girl was like oh! and he's like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, and I remember like Gav just laughing his ass off and I remember Michael just like silently chuckling to myself I'm just like there going huh ah. <laughs> <laughs> man I was rooming with uh, JJZ she was a really cool guy um, yeah. He, um, yeah it was he was one guy who like obviously went to a lot of uh, like hotel rooms in his life because he was there just breaking the rules by just smoking in the room but like you know he knew how to like you know uh, surpass the uh <laughs> <laughs> like the smoking detectors or whatever. So that was really funny. Um, was it the first night or the second night we went to Tiger Tiger? Uh, second night we went to Tiger Tiger. So the next morning we went paintballing. All of us were just hung over. Like, you know, uh, yeah. we were just feeling rough. And like, we were playing against like pros and it was just there like, oh God, this is effort. Um, but I remember you... Uh, so anyway, we went and ended up going to like Reflex uh, somewhere in the Tiger Tiger. I think we just went to a bar, and then we ended up in Tiger Tiger, and um, you you were just spending money on these massive cocktails of like fifty oh, quid. Back back then, I was really really bad with with um around that period during my university thing. I think I spent more money on alcohol than I should have. But yeah, again, I got it out of my system. I don't yeah. do it anymore. But um, that's cool. I remember I bought a um, fish bowl which was in the shape of a top hat. Yeah, was that the Tiger Blood Killer? Tiger Blood Tickler? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was I like 50 quid. I remember it all. Yeah. And I remember, there, I think there's pictures of us all wearing this, like, this, like, sweaty, greasy, um, alcoholic, drenched, um, plastic top hat or yeah. something like that. And then I stole a fez from someone as well, so there's pictures of us all wearing fezes as well at one point. <laughs> yeah. I remember they and tried I'm, asking I'm, for the fez back, and you were like, no, I bought this. Yeah, <laughs> can you believe me? Yeah. And I, remember, I think it was you and Benji were sat next to me, and you just looked at me, and it was like, I didn't believe that just worked. <laughs> Are you sure you bought that? You went, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was theirs. I mean, fair enough, it's mine now. <laughs> yeah, Spent 50 quid on a plastic top hat. <laughs> that was full of alcohol. Yep. So. It, that really had a kick to it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can remember, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that stag team was just unbelievable because like it literally just was full of nerds. It was like you were just talking about something the hedgehog and like someone on their bloody forum for ages. I know there's a picture. Well, I took a lot of pictures back then, and yep. uh, I remember there's a picture that was we went past a Chinese restaurant called the Chinese Zone, and I remember there's a picture of Gareth, Benji, and Spen outside of it, and they all doing the Sonic poses. Like oh, yeah. I think Gareth was doing Sonic. Um, Sven was doing knuckle and Benji was doing tails hmm. and we took a picture of them out, outside underneath it said Chinese so they're all doing the sonic um, finish the stage poses or something like that I was <laughs> like I was like I think it was at that moment I was like wow this is extremely nerdy yeah it's isn't it <laughs> <laughs> were you there when Gareth almost got arrested um no but I did see the video footage of it which yeah. I think is long gone now but um for those who don't know listen to this um there was I got, I got a picture of it actually um there was like a, a task he had completed by the end of the two days that mm-hmm. we were on the stag do and um I mean if I can find the picture I can read them out but um one of them was he had to from what I remember he had to get his um butt spined Mm-hmm. And he was in a kebab place, I believe. And um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> was the... <laughs> yeah. And I remember he pulled it down, and someone was signing it. But literally, as he pulled it down, the guy got the pen and was about to go go cross. Two police officers walked by, and it's like, oh god. <laughs> oh. And they, they, didn't, they like... didn't actually realise until he like mentioned that his ass was out. To be fair, so uh, and he was there like they were like, why you got your ass out? And then we had to explain basically we're on a stag do. It's uh, one of his missions to get a. Uh, his ass signed by a girl. <laughs> um, so, like, he was just sitting there eating their, like, you know, meal at, like, you know, midnight or whatever it was, probably 2 a.m. Yeah. I'm just standing there at the counter. You just see me in the video just eating chips and gravy. <laughs> like, just going ahead with, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just. 
it's just one of those things that um, I remember hearing about and I remember Gareth was a bit worried about it because he was like oh god if they actually arrest me I wouldn't be able to get my green card to go to America yeah yeah that would really screwed things up. <laughs> you imagine that <laughs> public yeah. indecency gets done for. Uh, <laughs> he swore like a sailor. He might as well have gone down the scumbag. <laughs> I love you, Gareth. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, tell us about. So you grew up in London and Surrey. How, how was that for you? I'm um, good. I basically grew up all around here all my life and all my time here. Um, you still there then? Yeah. Yeah, still, still there. Um, still living in the same area. Mm-hmm. I did. It's, um, yeah, we just got up some, we just get up to usual stuff here and there. And, um, um, more recently got married, settled down a bit and, um, just, it's just been pretty chilled at the moment. Um, but yeah, um, I've had good times around here. Yeah. Basically. And then we've all, I mean, I've made some really good friends here and, um, met my, um, girlfriend, fiance, now wife here as well um got our own place together now yeah it's just just been really really it's just just been a really good time overall you've always had that you know that gentle giant appeal with you because like every time like you see these beautiful pictures of you you and just like a load of friends and yeah you know you just always look so happy in these pictures and it just like you know looks like you know it's just an incredible friendship that you share with these people so yeah Um, i just i just enjoy life yeah (laughs) generally it's like um I mean, a lot of people who a lot of people I'm close to do get um, upset or suffer with depression or that sort of thing. But um, I've always been the positive one of the group. Is the best way to put it. You, yeah. you know, I see the glass half full, not half empty, in that sort of sense. But um, but that's my life sort of philosophy. You, you know, that's how course, I think. Yeah. That's how I feel. You know. Because uh, I remember that time we were uh, Gareth come back from the states for I think it was like a year in or whatever. Uh, yes. Me, you, Rachel, and him went out um, for uh, for a day out. Yeah, at the O2, I remember. Yeah. Oh, my God. Started off with Slag and Lettuce, place. and then we went off, like, you know, just did loads of free stuff around London. That was a, that was the joy of it, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think there's a beautiful video of me and you hosting Sky Sports News. Oh, that's still on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, because I remember we were reading it. You, I remember you said... Well, I can't read that. I can't see shit. And then I remember I was like, um, "Yeah, I can't read that. I'm really bad. He's a sex sick." And, and I remember we just did it improv. And I said, "I love you, man. I love you too." And then we just pretend kiss and everything yeah. like that. And then the guy that was hosting it was like, um... "Yeah, <laughs> like because we went back once and like you know they they said, oh, you have to follow everything that's on the uh, the thing.' But like, yeah, so we just like just was a bit of a killer really when it did that. But me and you when we just improv was just perfect because we were just there yeah. like oh. we, we didn't know anything about sports nope. <laughs> any sport that we really knew about which was on was on the sky at the time was wrestling but we didn't even mention yeah. that we just mentioned about like David Beckham suffered an injury if I can remember or something like that and uh, next thing you know we just say I love you man I love you more and then basically we just, mm. <laughs> and it was there like I'm pretty sure and the guy just went oh, okay then fair enough well done guys <laughs> yeah it's just one of those things when I was just like oh my day because I mean like you said um you, you and me knew knew a lot about wrestling also i knew a lot about i used to play rugby so i used to follow rugby a lot mm. and I still do but i was like right they don't they're not mentioning rugby they're not mentioning wrestling um uh, bollocks <laughs> sort of thing i was like screw it let's just go for it let's just wing it but then i remember gareth and rachel did one on the news presenting sort of thing mm. and i remember um that one ended quite funny as well because basically they pretend to be like a couple or something like that and he's like i want a divorce <laughs> Oh my god! He couldn't wait to meet uh, Rachel Goodie. He, literally, as soon as he sees her, you know, uh, let's just say Gazongas, he goes pretty crazy. Bless him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still friends with her. Um, she, she's a lovely person. Oh, she was uh, great. She yeah, really was. She, yeah, she, she, lovely. She's um, engaged and got a kid now as well. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, but yeah, um, tell us about the Guardian. How did it even like? See, I think we kind of got the the. Well, I don't know, like you know, what what's, what's the Guardian actually about? Here we go. <laughs> um, Guardian is a superhero science fiction comic which set within London, England, and around about the Surrey area. It follows the main protagonist named Sack West, 
who one day stumbles across a um, crash site of a meteorite mm-hmm. crashed down onto the planet Earth around near where he lives. He goes to investigate it and he comes across an alien pod. Said alien pod, pod opens up, a spirit of some sort of entity goes into his body and now he can turn into the Guardian and gain all his superpowers. So he imagine like Venom in that sense when there's a second person in your head talking to you. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But you gain their powers along with it. Hmm. I've kind of got a Captain Marvel movie kind of vibe here. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's it's one of these um, comics I always wanted to do. I've had it. I've had the idea for the comic since um, I was over ten years ago. And back then, I glad back then I didn't get the comic made because it would have been drastically different to how it is now. Mm-hmm. Because back then, looking back on the original script, because I still got the original script for it, and I read it, and I was like, wow, I'm such an edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I killed off his girlfriend in the in the first issue. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. It's funny when you do like look back on that kind of stuff, because uh, yeah. it is funny. Like, I made a comic book character once. I tried selling them to Marvel for free on uh, Twitter, but they didn't get back to me. Uh, Man- oh. Mancatton, he would have been big. He was scratched by a radioactive cat, and uh, yeah, he got the, the ability of a uh, what was it? Ah, um, uh, what was it? He uh, he gave people man flu, and he could turn into a cat. Oh wow! Yeah. So if you want to throw I... that in the Guardian, you know, you know, just, just go for it, you know. Um, I, I see what I can do. I see what I can do. <laughs> I, I got all ideas running around the place here and there. Um, I mean, because Guardian is my main focus at the moment. Um, I've done issue one of him, and issue one um, did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to convention and sold it. Um, the thing with Guardian, when I first got it made, I recently got published for it originally, mm-hmm. and then it became self-published because I've kept the rights for it. Um, so what happened was... Um, there was a company that approached me. Yep. Um, I'm friends with the guy, so I've got to be careful with how I'm going to word this. Yeah, yeah, um, go for it. Just, he's approached, approached me, um, and the company was called uh, Nerd Antics. Uh-huh. And um, it was a new startup. He approached me a year before the comic was finished, and he said, oh, I've seen some of your art materials. I saw... Because originally I was trying to get Guardian kick-started, and... That didn't go the plan because at the time when literally as I launched the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. my whole entire life got turned upside down. To give you an idea what happened in the span of a week. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to really say this. Um, basically, um, I was made redundant. Mm-hmm. I was teaching assistant at the time. I got made redundant because gov- at the time, Theresa May's government... Um, did massive budget cuts and cuts them in the education system and me and three other TAs got let go because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, then my granddad was diagnosed with um, severe dementia okay. and got sectioned. And then my grandma, because of all the stress that's been going on and she didn't tell us that he got diagnosed with dementia for a while, had a stroke. Oh, shit. And that all happened in a span of three days. Yeah. So I was like, oh, God, my mind's not on this. I'm not going to be able to do this and focus on this. And then a series of events happened after that. Mm. During that whole entire month, I was doing the Kickstarter. And I was just like, yeah, I can't be focusing on this. I've got more better priorities to do. And the Kickstarter, it was a big goal because I was trying to get all the issues made. I was trying to get all the printing done for it, so on, et cetera, for it. And um, it didn't work. But I did a lot of networking at that time. I went around to different groups on Facebook, um, DeviantArt, um, Channel Federation, um, Federation forums, anywhere that would talk about um, comic books and social media and everything yeah. else. And one guy noticed me and he said, oh, I've run businesses before doing publishing work, um, work in publishing, and um, I'm starting up my own publishing company. Mm-hmm. And I really like the look of your character. Could we have a chat and maybe sort out a deal? And I spoke with him. Really nice guy. <laughs> really, really nice guy. Down to earth and everything like that. Really fun. Um, and I said to him, look, I don't have a finished product, but I can promise you by, by 
by next year, by the end of this year, I should have something ready. And he was like, okay. So end of year roll round. This was 2018. Yeah. And I approached him. I said, look, I got a comic made. Are you still interested in getting me on board? And I was like, oh, he's probably not going to be interested. And he went, oh, awesome. Okay. Um, I'll send you over the contract and you can sign it and send it back to me. We can get everything started. I'm like, what? Okay. Um, and I was like, he hasn't even looked at it yet. Uh, looked at the final product yet. Mm. But he has seen some of the pages, some of the test pages and some of the um, character models and stuff like that. And I was like, and I told him the premise of it and he said he really liked it. And I was like, okay, let's go for this. And, um, I put it up, it went up on his website, and I think for about a good solid month straight, it was the best-selling comic on his website. Awesome. For about roughly a month, and um, in both physical and digital sales, and I was like, oh my god, this is perfect, brilliant. Um, so the contract I had to sign, it was a, like a one-year lease, so in the contract, um, just to make this clear, it stated that I... Own, still own the copyright for my intellectual property and my stories and my copyright and my characters. Mm-hmm. But the way the contract work, um, I've got to be careful around the word this because I don't want to get in trouble or get him in trouble um, for anything. Um, basically, I contain the rights of my characters, but let's say, for instance, they want to advertise stuff or make merchandise on it, mm-hmm. um, they could promote it and then they will take a cut of the promotion of the merchandise and then I get my share of the merchandising yeah. and so on, etc. Anyway, any business works. Um, again, I didn't agree with the percentage I was going to get from the merch, but at the same time it's a business and a lot of money come in from merch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, accept that. But then again, again, I get a lot of the money, the residual of the money back on, um, digital sales and on physical sales. So I was like, right. Just have I just have to yeah, of live 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 with that and um, eventually more people started coming in and stuff like that and I made friends started networking with them. I'm still friends with them now and I still network with them mm-hmm. and um, do do um, projects with them um, but then something happened with with the company he basically got involved with a um, printing company mm-hmm. uh, start a printing company basically he knew someone who started up a company that owns like a a printing press or something like that. Basically, they can say print print physical media. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he went in the business with them, and they sort of merged their two companies together. And I was like, okay, this this could be good. I don't know. We wait and see what happens. And um, sure enough, um, he told me. Um, he said he said to me. Um, after the first month, my physical sales went down, but uh, my digital sales was kept very very strong yeah which is good um because i was like okay digital sales are selling very very well for this i need to focus on the digital market if that's where my market's going to be and um and it's the future basically everything's going to go digital eventually sadly um but um that's where i need to focus on that's where everything's going to go eventually and um i was like and then he said to me, he, he came to all of us, he sent out a big um, memo to all, all, all the created talent um, under his um, under his company, He's saying that, oh, we are no longer going to be selling digital, the digital market. Mm. And I was like, oh, what about the physical market? No, no, no. The way the physical market is going to work now, basically, you pay, you pay a feed to get as many issues as you printed wanted and we ship them to you, and then you sell it. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I don't like that, because mm. you basically killed off my bit of the market. I was claiming quite a bit of money. I was claiming money on. And um, he um, went, well, that's the way the business is going to go at the moment. I was like, okay, fair enough. And keep in mind, I was still under contract at this point. Um, I couldn't leave without requesting for a leave and then i think there was a buyout clause as well but so i was like right i thought to myself i said right my contract's up in a few months Mm -hmm. um i'm just going to sit out and wait and sure enough um 
um, when the contract ran out, mm-hmm. he came to me with a new contract. He said, oh, could you sign this new contract so we can still publish your work for you? And I read it, and um, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not going to say what's in it, but um, I read it, I was like, no, this is not beneficial for me because yeah. you're based in the US and your contract is um, more beneficial for anyone within the US. Anyone that's outside of the US, it doesn't benefit them quite a bit. And with Nerd Antics, there was quite there was a few people from America there because it was a American based company, but there was there was a big handful of us from like UK, Mexico, um, Canada, and then I think there was one random guy from Spain and France, from mm-hmm. what I remember. Yeah. And um, it just it just didn't benefit any of us who lived outside of the United States. And I was like, um, I just said, look, I'm sorry, but I'm not resigning the contract. Um, we're going to go forward doing something else instead. And um, he went, okay, yeah, that's fine. I respect that. Um, sadly enough, um, that company um, lost a lot of his creative creators. Mm-hmm. And um, once it lost its creative creators, um, it started to go down. Um, yeah. The company's no longer around now, sadly. But apparently, I'm still friends with the guy. Apparently, he's restarting the company back up again. Okay. So I don't know how that's going to work in the COVID-19 sort of thing. But apparently, he's got a business plan. He's told me about it, but I'm not going to say what it is because that's confidential yeah. and everything like that. Um, but... Um, I was just like, okay, um, I need to get back on the market. How on earth are we going to do this? And this is where I learned about um, Comicology. Have you heard of Comicology? No, I haven't. Okay. Comicology is a um, company that's owned by Amazon. It's part of the Amazon company. Okay, yeah. It's essentially audible, but for comic books. That's why I describe it. Yeah. So... And I was like, "How on earth do people get 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 on this?" And then suddenly, I found out they have a comicology submit submit um, submission com- form, um, yeah. form. And I was like, "Wait a minute! I can get my work on this." I thought I was reading through it, and I was like, "Has to be top level profession, blah blah blah, and that sort of stuff." And I was like, "Oh god, my stuff's not that good. I'm probably not going to get it." And then suddenly, I thought, "You know what? I just fill it out, send it off to them." What are you going to lose? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And then they got back to me within a fortnight saying that we've gone over your work. You have been approved for our um, comic indie submission program. Um, Your comic can now be available to purchase on our website. Please follow this link so you can fill out the details and we can get your comic up on our website. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So uh, my comic, Guardian Issue 1, is currently on, on an Amazon website being sold. And that happened back um, back in May of this year. Hmm. Um, I was like, "Wow!" I'm I was just taken away because I was just like, I wasn't expecting this. And um, I mean, when it first went up there, did really good sales. It has slowed down, but every single month I make a profit. Yeah, I know it's a slow burn, but every month I'm still making a profit. Yeah, so I'm really really chuffed about it, and people have reviewed it and stuff like that i've had um i mean of course i went okay i need to get word out about it that it's better with a buy so i went out to a load of indie reviewers and stuff like that and i got them to um review my comic book yeah and they said really nice things about it they get they've said stuff that could be improved upon and whatnot and i was i took that on board and i just i, I just feel very very humble and grateful that um i've done something which I thought we'd never been able to do and people seem to like it um, mm. and then on top of that as well I set up an Etsy page so I can sell physical copies from my home to people I can send them out if they really want a physical copy of it yeah. um, I just I'm just really really sh- um, shocked and um, impressed that I've made it this far with it and people are still willing to buy it Every single month, it's been up there now. Um, I always get sales reports from them and said, "Okay, you've made this much, and here's your share." And I'm like, "Oh wow, that's it's it's still selling." Every single month, I make I make a sale on it, or make a bunch of sales on it, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know. Yeah, man. So yeah. did you um like you know um, when you were uh, was it Nerd Antics? Did you say? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, did you have like a lot of uh, you know your fan base from there? Did they did they come back and oh yeah sweet the Guardians back kind of thing? Um. um yeah, I believe I did actually. A few of them actually did go and support the comic there. Um, hmm. The other thing I didn't like about Nerd Antics when they were changing their method, <laughs> which I did not advertise this at all, and um, they, this wasn't in my original contract per se, but they said that first issues are going to go onto the website for free. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? So are you trying to kill uh, my comic, <laughs> you, you know, you're giving it away for free. Went, no, 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 you can build up a following and stuff like that. I was like, hmm. I went, okay, what what business practice is that going to be beneficial for me? Because because I'm not going to be making any money from it. Yeah. Um, are you giving away my stuff for free? Yeah. Basically, financially, I could not do it. And um, they were like, well that's the practice that we're going forward with now. We're going with more manga-based format. I went, yeah, but I know my comic does have some very manga traits in it, but mm -hmm. it's not a manga. It doesn't come out weekly or bi-weekly or monthly. Um, so I'm not going to make those sort of numbers with it, unfortunately. And the artwork um, is done by a lovely group called Patreon Studios. Um, they're a Viennese um, com um, company that make it. Um, They've worked on. Um, they worked for Viz Media in the past. They've mm -hmm. done stuff like um, they worked on the uh, reboot uh, Max Steel stuff comics, and also um, worked on the new um, um, Voltron Force yeah. as well. So they've they've they've, they've lovely people um, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I I just like um, going forward with with the whole venture it made me want to go out and do other stuff like for instance like outside of guardian i've actually got other comics in the works is um, one of them called like the okay um i've have talked about it i have published it on my social media it's called extraterrestrial farm okay um, it's a dark comedy science fiction comic um mm -hmm. it's set in like a real rural farming town in a in the countryside of America somewhere and um, this this guy biker guy bringing his girlfriend back to his hometown mm -hmm. to meet to meet his family yeah and um, as he coming back some weird stuff start happening like animals are mutating um, flying UFOs are around around and they get attacked by a gang of biker pigs <laughs> yep and um Sure enough, turns out that aliens have arrived and all the humans are in a comatose state and all the animals around them have mutated into like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sort of characters. Yep. And the whole story about it is basically them working with a group of animals that are mutated to try to find out what caused it, um, how can they turn everyone back to normal and how they can get rid of the aliens mm -hmm. and also deal with these gang of biker pigs that are killing everyone. Yeah, that sounds so that's like really the greatest simple. thing ever. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds yeah, like you've yeah. just you know gone out, smoked a lot of weed, and uh, just come up with this most genius idea ever. Like you know, uh, okay, I like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, the idea for it came about from a dream. <laughs> yep, I will be honest about that. So what happened was, um, I had a very very visual dream one night, and basically it played out like an old. Saturday morning cartoon yep. picked in my head and I was like I woke up and I was like oh my god where a pen and paper I need to write this down now <laughs> I wrote it down and there's a lot of homages to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, there's a little bit Sonic the Hedgehog S stuff in it science yeah. fiction 90s nostalgia cartoon video game stuff in it as well I think I can give you a character for it so it's a guy awesome. right well you don't have to use him for that you can use him for something else right so it's a guy from Palestine, right? And okay. he's bitten by a radioactive horse. He becomes the Palestalian. <laughs> that right there has got dollars, pounds, Canadian dollars, euros written all over it. Oh my days. Um, <laughs> that does... Uh, um, 
that does sound like up my alley. I will. Oh my god, yeah, that, that is good. Get um, your pen and paper, write it down now. <laughs> Palestine is coming out. Anyway, continue. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, um, basically what happens, um, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a mini series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many issues going to be yet. I'm still writing. Also, I'm doing the artwork for it as well. Oh, nice. And I have been doing live stream sessions um, when people can join in, watch me doing the inking on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do it when doing the drawing because the drawing looks very natty and whatever. So I do, I do it during the inking session when I'm basically inking the lines and inking the areas and stuff like that to make it all nice and smooth and look pretty for the audiences and whatnot. And um, <coughs> yeah, and sure enough, um, got a lot of buzz around that. A lot of people people have been telling me, said, oh, how's that extraterrestrial farm comic coming along? And I'm <laughs> like, slowly, but it's getting there. Um, I mean, it, it just has a, it, it's such a weird idea and it's so stupid enough. It has to be done in that sense. Um, and it's coming to a little bit, bit of a passion project for me um, next to Guardian. So Guardian's still being done. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the writing for Guardian, someone else doing the artwork for Guardian, but this one I'm doing the artwork for, and I showed it to people, and people said, it's a mixture between Golden Age, Looney Tune meets Dragon Ball C. <laughs> it sounds like a very interesting... I- I'm going to subscribe to this one. This one sounds great. <laughs> I've sold on it already. Um, so, yeah, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of meta and dark humour. So, for instance, like I will tell you one of the jokes I've got in one of the issues I've written up. Cool. Um so all the all, all the biker pigs are wearing leather jackets, and mm-hmm. the main character speaking to someone, he said, "How on earth did all these pigs pig get le- level jackets?" And he's like, "Well, have you seen a cow around here at all?" He went, "No." Oh. Well, there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Dark, but you know, getting it to is, the yeah. point. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah, <laughs> not so, too yeah, sure if I, Peter will agree with it, but you know. <laughs> no, He's li- literally, I've got a bunch of meta jokes like that. For instance, like the two human characters go into um, a diner with the animals and all and all the a- local animals are um, basically, you know, eating at this diner. Basically, all the animals decide to take up because they said, oh, we're, we're now human-like. What should we do? I know, let's do what humans do. And they all take up little jobs in this little small farming town sort of thing. Yep. And they go to a diner and the diner, the, the person... Um, what is it? They're ordering, and the, the waitress that comes over is a um, giant cot- cockroach, and the woman that's there, the human woman there, oh my god, it's a giant cockroach! And then the cockroach just stands there, oh, look, uh, a human, disgusting. See, it's not that nice when I do it to you. What about if I stomp on you? How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> it's little meta-humor stuff like that I want to do, in that yeah. sense. It's, it's basically my outlet when I'm like, okay, I can't do this sort of thing, Guardian, Mm-hmm. But but I want to write stuff like it, so let's do it in another comic and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other comic thing I've been doing as well has been um, a um, steampunk theme comic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so imagine steampunk means um, Indiana Jones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like all steampunk sort of thing, and the whole story is about. Um, this little girl, who's the niece of this great adventurer, gets shipped from Japan mm-hmm. to be to be with her uncle in England, yeah. who's a a well a globe tropping adventurer. Mm-hmm. He turns up to the house and he meets his assistant there, who's like a Sherlock Holmes, a steampunk Sherlock Holmes, yeah. and he starts telling him about all his great adventures and all this sort of thing. And she's like imagining it sort of thing, and then. Um, and basically he meets the uncle and then you start learning about uh, why is she there, why did she get sent sent sort of thing and weird stuff start going on and she goes on these um, adventures with him and she documents it so it's from her point of view documenting her uncle's life mm-hmm. going on these weird fantastical, mystical adventures so the whole idea of it, I want to tell stories that go into the mythological world so goes in like northern mythology egyptian mythology um roman mythology greek mythology all that sort of stuff i don't want to do anything like lucas did as like in crystal skull oh look ufo <sighs> face palm <laughs> i don't want to do anything like that but yeah. um 
basically, uh, um, the way I introduced the main adventurer in it is um, as he's telling these have great heroic stories sort of thing, and she, she's saying to him, say, wow, he sounds like a, such a brave man. He looks like he could take on a whole entire army, and then literally in the next panel, we see him running away from a tribe of crocodile people screaming. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. It's genius that you've got all these ideas in the pipeline, man. Like, I don't really know even where to start with even like you know making a comic book, so... Congratulations, yeah, well, man! Like you know, you must love it so far. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I've actually done workshops as well on how to make comic books as well um, for my friend. Um, he basically um, give you a little bit of background. I work, I uh, basically work in care, and basically um, he's head of another company, and he hires people to do workshops mm-hmm. for for people. So, and. Um, I went in and basically did a whole entire workshop. I'd done two for him and I'd done a couple of others outside in other places. Workshop on how comics are made and how they can make their own comic. Yeah. And then did a workshop with um, how to create a free, a free or four panel comic. Um, just how to do a simple classic newspaper comic comic mm. <laughs> in that sense, you know? So something like Garfield or Snoopy for that instance, just to tell a story. So basically, the first way work you do the setup, the um, conflict, the um, ex execution, and the ending. So yeah. that's like a full panel story for that instance. So you need to tell it. Now I said, look, if you want to make comics, get that art the art form down first. I basically went all around about it the whole wrong way to get into comics. I worked in media. I did freelance doing media work. I did a lot of writing, film and stuff like that. But I had a big passion in comics. So I had an understanding going that way around it. But if you want to test yourself in the water with comics, try to do like little like three, three panel, four panel skits yeah. and see, see if you like it. You know, it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be conclusive. It just... It can be silly. It could be a one-panel sort of thing. You, you know, little joke stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, just get your foot in the water. Just test it. Have fun with it. You know. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> does sound yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So nowadays, obviously, COVID's happened, and you're you're yeah. still working on the comic book, which is great. You even um, were telling me you've even got a uh, a Christmas special of um, Guardian oh. in the pipelines. Oh god, yeah, we're having a Christmas special issue coming out in December. Give you an idea. I had the idea back in September, and I was like, "Should I do it? I got a story. I really want to tell it." Is it? Is it but the it uh, Guardian fun. meets a Christmas Carol by any chance? <laughs> it's Guardian fights the Krampus. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and saves Christmas for the children. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> the whole story is that charity event going on. Krampus turns up and crashes it. God comes in and saves the day and saves Christmas for the children. <laughs> That's I know it's a very simplistic story, but it's a fun little one off issue. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people will like it. Um it's just one of those things uh I just like, right, I need a bad guy. I need to keep it Christmas themed. What am I gonna do? Oh I know. Let's look at Santa Claus. Ah, oh, the Krampus. Let's use him. And um <laughs> It just got to that point when I was writing it and I was like, I was struggling with it for a little bit. I'm like, how am I going to do it? And then one night I just basically got back home from work and you know, sometimes when you're really tired and you just get a random energy boost out of your body, your body is like, no, you're going to stay awake. You're going to work through this sort of thing. And, um, I just had an extra energy boost, just wrote it out in one night and, I basically sent it off my edit- I sent it off to the artist, he's doing the artwork, and I'm sending it off the editor. For those who want to know how comic books are made, um, what you do, you write out the first draft, but you send the first draft to the uh, artist. Yep. As you're working on the second draft. Um, the reason why you do this is that the art, artist doesn't, you don't have delay getting the comic out, so the artist is still drawing it, mm-hmm. but I will say this, um, when you do your first draft, do a second draft as well, because then you basically, you know what's going to happen, but then do your third draft as the artist is drawing the comic, because then in most third, third drafts um, I find with comic books, or in my writing style, is that you basically got it set out from scene to scene mm-hmm. what you want to get done but it's just the dialogue you just want to fix yeah. in that sense. 
so you make make sure it sounds right so that's what i've been doing with um with the guardian christmas special and um it seemed to be working um it should be out in december i'm not going to put a date on it because i don't want someone to listen to it and then then com- message me or message you that oi that guy tom carter he promises coming by this day where the hell is it and i'm like <laughs> you know i don't know <laughs> but yeah um it's going to be like a 10 page mini comic one-off sort of thing and um it's it's not going to be taken serious it's not going to be taken serious seriously it's mm. going to be a little bit more light-hearted simple fun little comic yeah. i'm going to be doing i entered my main guardian story it might as well you've got the tools to do it right so uh why not yeah yeah i mean my mate caesar who he doesn't do the artwork for the main guardian comic but he has been very very important into um doing um doing a lot of the concept art with me yep to create the characters and he wants to get into comic book making and i basically i approached him and i know he's a work ethic and his work ethic works very very well with my work ethic yeah and uh, we're good friends as well we've known each other for about oh god obviously about nearly eight eight years now yeah and um he's a down to earth really nice guy and um yeah, um, he just he, he basically is doing it, and um, I've he sent me two of the pages that are nearly finished, and um, I really really love what he's doing with it, mm. and um, I basically I put in a lot of Christmas themes in into it as well, like um, the whole first page literally opens up like it's the night before Christmas, <laughs> and there's lots of rhyming words in it and everything like that, and um, and this is the story on how the Guardian saves christmas sort of thing yeah i've it's very silly story some people might find it dumb but i think it's just a cute nice little story fun story that people will enjoy especially around the christmas time yeah exactly have you have you got the cliche part in there where basically the guardian looks outside his window and goes to uh, some kids sitting outside you there boy what day is it today why today sir it's christmas day <laughs> <laughs> no but I have got a sequel one in already written. Yep. If this one does well, I'm going to do a sequel one to it. Yep. And that is in it. Well, you got you got to, like you know do like you know more modern day kind of you know slang you know like you there boy what day is it today? Well today sir it's Christmas Day, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> I I've um, I have um, wrote a sequel to to the Christmas special so yep. there's a second Christmas story in the works they focus on the main bad guy of the comic called Mars mm. and basically it's a retelling of um, of a Christmas carol yeah. um, Christmas story um, Scrooge and everything like that but instead of Scrooge it's the main bad guy who's the main arch nemesis of the Guardian mm-hmm. but basically going through the whole through the whole ghosts and stuff like that and it's, that's going to be more tongue in cheek and then they're going to have a really dark twist at the end and then it's going to have something like that where you say when he was like he starts rethinking about stuff but yeah yeah that's great I just I just find it incredible how you you know you can keep thinking of stories for this character and things like that like you know it's a, it's, it's it's just mind blowing like so you just like you know massive well done on just everything you've done there you know for for the the Guardian man like thank you that's all right sounds like I'm advertising the newspaper the Guardian but I'm not I'm advertising your comic book the Guardian yeah. <laughs> no. or is it just that's called what Guardian the Guardian yeah um, well, well, well I changed it not the Guardian yeah it's it's Guardian. complicated. That's fair enough. Well, at least you haven't been sued yet by the Guardian, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so today, these days, where, where like obviously you're a carer in your own time. Um, you said earlier on the show that basically you no longer drink, so well done on being uh, sober. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what like what else is happening with, with Tom Carter? Oh, um, I got married. Congratulations! Um, got my. Thank you. I got my own place. Which Congratulations. Is- <laughs> Two bedroom apartment. Can't complain. Um, um, been playing a lot of video games as mm-hmm. per usual, so nothing new there. Which um, ones? Still, um, I've been playing lot. I've been jumping between different games at the moment. I've been playing Crash Bandicoot Four, mm-hmm. and apparently uh, that game is meant to be really, really bloody hard. Oh yeah, it, people who came out and said. The Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy or the Dark Souls of video games. Yeah. They haven't played Crash 4. 
<laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But it's a fun game. Fun yeah. game. But, um, and then I've been jumping back with um, Watchdog Legion as well. Yep. So been playing that. And then occasionally, as I always do, I um, go and play um, a lot of um, Sonic the Hedgehog games still. <laughs> still follow Sonic. Still a Sonic fan. Probably never grow out of Sonic, mm. sadly. <laughs> But it's no, like pro wrestling, though, isn't it? You know, we, we should have grown out of that years ago, but we, we're, we're still dumb enough to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still watch wrestling now and again. I still do. I still follow it. And um, the product is okay to pull at the moment in some places. Yep. But there's occasionally there's a spark there, which you're like, oh, wow, I like that. Hmm. And then suddenly you hear toilet flushing, you hear Vince saying, this sucks. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, I just, oh, it just, I mean, because, like, the only stuff I can think about that recently happened in wrestling that I've actually liked is, um, I like the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and The Undertaker. <laughs> yep. That that was just, like, Gold. glorious to the max of, like, insanity and really good wrestling lore. Which you're a long-time wrestling fan. There were so many references to both of their careers in that, which I yeah. love. And um, the other one, which I thought was I really liked, I thought they were really going somewhere with it. And um, was Otis being Money in the Bank champion? And mm. I was like, oh my god, they're really going to give this man a push? Well, awesome. And then suddenly, no, we're going to give it to the Miz. The ratings are down. Oh, balls! I was like, okay. And then um, the last thing I saw recently, I can think off the top of my head, I, I liked, I saw recently, is that they finally pulled the trigger on Roman Reigns becoming a heel. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's good. Oh, you give him Paul Heyman. Damn. Okay. Now you've got, you got my... Attention. You've got my attention with making him heel, but now you've got my interest by giving him Paul Heyman. Mm. You know? But that's yeah. just my personal opinion on it. But I agree. And then the only other thing I think was Alexa Bliss um, is basically the Wyatt sister. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. If I finally pulled the trigger on that one. I was like, you know, it's just a lot of little small things. That mm. a, lot of, a lot of stuff in the main storylines that they do with the WWE Championship, not interested in. A lot of the more small stuff they're doing, or the size stuff they're doing, you get more invested in now these days, I notice. Mm. I'll tell you who I think is absolutely gold at the moment, and like you know, think he doesn't get enough credit for it. Is Sami Zayn? Oh, Sami Zayn is amazing. Just the things he says, and like you know, uh, even his Twitter thing, like you know, just saying like he obviously he's been held back by the WWE. It's hundred percent true, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> he, he's like literally gold at the moment. Like uh, personally, I don't think any well, like the whole Roman Reigns thing. I think you know it, that's great. Obviously, you know that yeah. you know the tribal chief kind of thing. Yeah, I, f I think that's perfect, and I I'm, it's clear what they're going to do with it. They're going to build it up to he's going to have a match with the Rock at WrestleMania, mm. which Tribal Chief. <laughs> yeah, I think that was going to happen, but again, it, it can that, that's fifty fifty. That can either be very very good or very very bad. Yeah, yeah. But course. but if they do it right, it could work. But who knows? Mm. Um, in that sense, um, I think with um, a lot of stuff with wrestling as well, I've been jumping back and forth, like watching AEW. They're not watching it, and then going back in and watching it. Mm. Um, they're doing they're doing some interesting alternative stuff. I I like in it, but then there's some stuff that I didn't like. Right? I didn't like the whole library gimmick they were doing very early oh, on. Librarian, yeah, yeah, the librarian. I was like, really. When it comes to the weekly shows, I never watch them. I'll yeah. literally just sit there on YouTube, watch the highlights, and I feel like to myself, you know what? That's good enough. I've got the storylines. I'd occasionally watch NXT because that went on for an hour back in the day. So, you know, that would be an easy watch. But uh, And 205 Live was entertaining. Uh, but And it never got the credit it should have done. But um, like, I mean, I was, back in the day when wrestling was like mega big, for those who don't know about wrestling back in the day, in the 90s, it was... In the in the mid was the mid nineties to early two thousand, it mm -hmm. was everywhere wrestling. Yeah. Um, I was a massive um, WCW mark. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that stuff. Even even when it got bad, yeah, 
I knew it was bad, but I still loved it because it was so bad it was good. Yeah. But again, that's Finn's Russo all over. But you know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so you're obviously still living in London. That's awesome. Yes. Um, um, you are uh, eating a bowl of Count Chocula, I believe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Tell, tell, tell us about tell us the story because you told it before we went on air about how you got it. Okay, so I went online and I see people talk about Count Chocolate all the time and how great it is. And I thought to myself, I really want a bowl of Count Chocolate. I want I want to have Count Chocolate in my household one day in my life. And um, I ordered it. It arrived from eBay. My wife looks at me and it's like, what on earth is that? And I went. It's Count Chocolate. And she said, why on earth have you ordered cereal? And I was like, it's Count Chocolate, babe. That's all I need to say to you. And she's like, yeah, but why? I went, you're just not going to get it. It's Count Chocolate. That's all you need to know. And she's like, yeah, but I get it. I'm not going to bother explaining to you. It's Count Chocolate. That's all you need to know. And she was like, I think in the process of doing that, I was like, I think I creeped her out. (laughs) I'll tell you what, every time we go to Garris, we spend probably most of our money on a cereal out there because the amount yeah. of, like, the range of cereal you can get out there is just unbelievable. I always bring oh. back home, like, uh, caramel M&Ms because they're not like the caramel ones we have yeah. over here where, like, you know, they're, like, just chocolate and then just, like, hard caramel. No, they, these ones are, like, you know, big, they're gooey, they're naughty. Yeah. Um, and also peanut butter flavoured M&Ms. They're, those are fantastic like <laughs> i always buy a big big bag three big bags back i bring two back for work yeah. and then bring myself a big bag of uh peanut butter m&ms and me and my dad will power through them and then uh obviously i buy my my brother like a load of m&ms and just usually i always have to look out for a pair of uh south park boxer shorts for my brother <laughs> be like, there we go sorted <laughs> I mean, near where I live because I live so close to London there's a lot of places you can go to um, there's two places near where I live um, it's like an old fashioned penny sweet shop that in, do imports for a lot of yeah. world food and they import a lot of cereal so I normally get a lot of cereal, American cereal from there mm-hmm. and we got a, we got a farming um, place near us as well which yeah. do import some different food around the world and want, they have their own American se- section so I brought an industrial sized tub of Skippy peanut butter there once <laughs> and I and I was trying to, I did ask them, do you sell like Count Chocolate? And they said, oh, we had that for one day, it sold out in one go. And I was like, damn it. And that's how I went on eBay, I found it. And I was like, and she said, you spent how much? And I was like, it wasn't that much. And she said, oh, how much was it? And I was like, it was like, it was like 12 pounds. And she said, for cereal? I'm like, yeah, I had to pay for the import. It could come from America. Let's have a look. I'm going to see how much this costs on eBay. There, there's some ridiculous prices for it, but I managed to get it for about, for about twelve pounds something for that's yeah. including packaging. Count shock, you know. Here we go. It, it gets ridiculous. Some of the prices on there is amazing. For some reason they got him in action. Well, they got him in Funko form. But here we go. Count chocula. Here we are. There's a fridge magnet. Uh, come on, where are you? There's not a lot of people selling it. <laughs> Someone's selling a 1978 box, just the box, yeah. nothing else in it. For three hundred and ninety eight pounds and ninety one pence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think a lot of the sale of the Count Chocolate are probably gone now because um it's all been sold. Didn't <laughs> you, you know? get blueberry as well? I got blueberry and I've got Frankenberry as well. Frankenberry man. Oh so, so I got the trifecta. So I tried all three. <laughs> Why not, eh? I, I, I know this sounds stupid, but basically it's it's one of those life things I find finally tick off my list when someone says yeah. said, Oh, have you had Count Chocolate? Oh yeah, I've had Count Chocolate. <laughs> well you're always such a good lad you're really happy and things like that I love it I just want to say thank you for coming on today and sharing your stories and obviously your experience like you know obviously your uh, comic book and uh, yeah hopefully um, when, when like you know um, things go back to normal and you're back at comic cons and things like that we can get you know and, uh, like you know maybe like in a year's time or like even half a year get an update on how the, uh, the Guardian's doing yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I'm planning to go back to Comic Cons um, once COVID has stopped, whenever yeah. that happens. Once COVID <laughs> fucks off. <laughs> yeah, when COVID decided to fuck off and go back to um, back to the dead bat it crawled out of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, I will definitely. I'd be I'd be glad to come back on and talk about more about Guardian mm. and talk about the convention scene as well um, next time when you have me on as well because um, there's a lot of stories about convention. Convention stuff I can tell you about because I've 
I've done I've, I've done the trifecta. I've been there as a mm. guest. I've been there, been part of the media, and I've been there behind one of the tables. So I've got plenty of stories to tell about that as well. Awesome. <laughs> what we should do as well, we should try and convince everyone from Gareth Stagg to <laughs> our episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that that'd be interesting. Uh, the amounts of um, drunken stories we'll be hearing, and probably yeah. you're, you're like, I can imagine you be like, no, can't say that. Wait, no, wait, no, wait, what? <laughs> At the end of the day, anything goes. As long as you're not racist or homophobic, that's my rules. You know. Yeah. There we go. Or LGBTQ, um, like phobic where it I, I don't know what to I don't know what the hell. But yeah, you get the gist of it. Well, yeah, yeah. Again, Tom, I'll let you get on with your life. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been beautiful. No yeah, that was a really interesting episode of the story, and uh, there's some great stories in there. I loved it, even some funny parts as well. But, <laughs> but oh, hey, <laughs> thank you again, and uh, thank you at home if you're listening. And just always remember, I'm Matthew Haslam Hammond. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>